Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora. And welcome to Mixed Bag Where we review the mixed, muddled, and mature audiences only films of film history. Ooh. I'm Cassandra. I'm Michael Douglas. <laughs> and I'm Matt. With uh, it's actually T's. great to be to be joined here by the film star, Michael Douglas. Thank um, you so hello. much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't always get out these days. I am 80 years old. If that, maybe 90. <laughs> He's 77. I love that. I feel like well, he just looked really bad for his age when I, this film I, came I, out. I feel like I'm, I'm in my... Oh no, I mean nowadays. <laughs> Oh, that's what Ooh. you mean. Yeah. I think you just dropped a contentious bomb there, Cass, <laughs> that we might have to argue in a bit. Oh, oh yeah. yes, don't worry. We'll come back to that <laughs> oh, later. Oh, by the way, I'm James. Hi, hi Michael. I have to go. Okay, <laughs> see ya. Uh, just don't, uh, close the door on your oh, way out. God, okay. Michael. Did you quarantine? I, I bet he didn't. Why did he just... Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how he went out. Like, <laughs> he just... He moved all our furniture on the way out. He that just was trashed really the place. What the yeah. fuck? Ugh. He's so rude. Yeah. Well... He might be rude in us, but we'll get there later. Uh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. We're doing okay. <laughs> I just met Michael Douglas. Uh, we yeah. just wanted to take this time to introduce our new co-host for the yeah. show, oh. uh, Charlie the Cat. Yeah. Um, who is, you know, around. He may might uh, join in for come filming. in and, and rustle things around, similar to what Michael Douglas did when he left. Um, if you hear any jangling of bells, a, a little flutter of paws. Yeah, um, that's what that is. He's not much of a meower. Um, yeah. but uh, sometimes when he really wants food he'll try so yeah, we assure you the cat is real and not just us making noises yeah uh, yeah yeah as with our guest Michael Douglas yeah. who's very real yes yes <laughs> um, yeah, yeah canonically I mean all guests are real here in Mixed Bag this is yeah. an exciting new bit that I'm <laughs> to entertain it <laughs> Um, uh, we're okay, I think. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing much to report. Yeah. Uh, no new variants at all to report. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing concerning. <laughs> nothing concerning in the world. Yeah. Everything is... Omicron who? <laughs> dandy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I just think of Omicron Percy I ate from Futurama every time we hear Omicron. Oh. I do not Oh, that's the, that's the like green thing I saw. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're all... Um, Aliens. Oh, nice. I saw a, twi- a tweet about that. And, I was, I and saw we're a all just humans. Yeah. The just, play by Stephen Crown. Yeah. Movie adaptation this year. Oh. We, have, we haven't seen it. Keen to. Keen to, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, but think for things that we have seen. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to our pop corner. Pop, 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 pop corner. Um, what a fluid segue. So Look at that. Um, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to claim first in the pop corner this week. Um, you know, I feel like I would be remiss if we didn't start off um, by acknowledging the passing of the, the legendary Stephen Sondheim mm. yesterday. Who's he? Um, the, uh, you know, the, the yeah, father no, no. Of, 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 of musical theatre and the modern musical theatre idiom. Um, you know, the, the greatest musical theatre composer that there has been. Um, and I won't say that there ever will be, because I think a, a huge part of Stephen Sondheim's ethos, as mm. well as being the creator of many masterpieces, um, was also that he was a, a mentor to many young composers. Um, he was really known for his like generosity as an audience member, that he would come to see a lot of theatre, he'd really support young creators, and that he would write back to pretty much anybody that wrote to him. 
um, if people sent him songs to listen to, he would always give them feedback. He would come to people's opening nights if he was in town. He would send people, like, uh, you know, some friends of ours did a production of Sweetie Todd earlier mm. this year, and they wrote to say, um, you know, that they were doing it, and he wrote back a small message saying good luck, um, which is pretty lovely. Amazing. Um, and yeah, he was, he was, as well as, I think, you know, obviously you can read many fantastic glowing tributes um, to him and his work, and if you aren't a musical theatre person, um, I would still say uh, there's there's plenty of interesting like and really moving and beautiful work to check out by Stephen Sondheim that might make a convert of you. Um, I think he did so much to um, revolutionise that medium in a way that I think yeah before he started working on it, it was very um, not exactly rote but there was much more kind of lim- limited sort of selection of plot lines and things that you could do in musical theatre. Mm-hmm. It was very much in that kind of the, the, the musical comedy sort of mm. like girl meets boy kind of uh, storyline and he just so pushed that envelope of, of what you could explore through a musical um, and what it could sound like and what kinds of aspects of humanity you could explore through song um, and yeah I just say check out any of the many great beautiful um, articles that have been written in the last few days you know sure written long before mm. but published um, as obituaries in the last few days, um, and just you know, just check out some music if you haven't listened to yeah, haven't listened to Stephen Sondheim's works. This would be a perfect time to do so. Yeah, absolutely. He's just a titan, just like yeah. such a game changer. Yeah, and like you know, everyone should be aware of his work. I mean, I'm not obviously you are way more aware than I am, but I feel like anyone who's practicing art or consuming art mm. should know this person who's just, you know, like a once in a in a century talent who's and kind I think, of like changed the game. Yeah, and I think wrote so well and so insightfully about mm. being an artist as well. Like I think Sunday in the Park with George is one of his like kind of I think I guess most intellectually revered but not necessarily most popular works. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but I've heard I great things, yeah. A lot of his songs and that are very much about being an artist and the the sort of complex relationship that you have with your art as an artist Mm -hmm. um and the kind of magic of it and also the sort of struggle of it um and i think there's some some really beautiful stuff in that musical um but also in other musicals as well that he's written that say a lot about being an artist specifically i I think in terms of his albums like they're not hard to get into yeah like they're very like i I think like you know there might be some that like you might want to start off with like sweeney todd is maybe more like accessible but like Mm. yeah like you are instantly like elated and like challenged by like his musical kind of choices like he's kind of well known for this like very fast like repartee uh, not repartee but like uh, making the actors kind of like sing through hoops of like somehow unbelievably trying to sing something without any kind of breaths and it's so um memorable and kind of dynamic and kind of exciting to kind of hear like he's yeah constantly Mm. like challenging you in terms of um the complexity of song of of ideas within the songs and yeah not being afraid to do something like really really soulful and beautiful and serious and then just completely um yeah anarchic and flippant and joyous i think he's also without doubt like one of the the greatest like lyricists for musical theatre than mm-hmm. has ever been. Um, I think he, yeah, he, he says some really interesting things that I, as a lyricist, have kind of taken to heart in my own practice, but I found, uh, yeah, something that somebody posted, I think, on Twitter yesterday that I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how I feel about 
uh, lyric writing, which is the, the idea that like all lyrics should be underwritten because Absolutely. you need that the music is providing that other half. And yeah. I, I found it hard to they're articulating that thing of like, this isn't a poem. Like it shouldn't read like a poem. It should read like lyrics. And here is the difference between those things. Like he was very much a champion of simple language mm. used in really interesting and exciting ways. Like it's mm. not, um, you don't go to his musicals for these sort of complicated vocabulary. You go yeah, yeah. for incredibly like beautiful turns of phrase made with the simplest words. Yeah. And I think that's like, such a difference and there's such a sort of small thing about that that simplicity and the way he could he could capture simplicity in his work and i think that tweet was mm. referring i'm not sure like referring to like finishing the hat as like as an example of that but like in all of his songs but mm. yeah what a beautiful like um it's a piece sung by george and there's a new version with you know jake gyllenhaal that was uh oh, dropped the full in. soundtrack of that jake yeah gyllenhaal no, we'll version. talk about jake in a minute <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, that is just such an incredible song because around yeah yeah I think this is a good transition to wait, my... Wait, wait, before we transition, what are your favorites, Cass? My favorite musicals your rec- or my favorite songs? Yeah, your favorite songs, songs musicals, you're just, you're just your uh, recommendations. Uh, my favorites, to... I love Assassins. Assassins, we listened to earlier this morning, oh, so it's yeah. on the top of my mind. Heard Assassins, yeah. Uh, the 2004 version is the version I would say to listen to, um, but it is great. It is a kind of um, montage of different people that killed yeah. the yeah. killed or attempted to kill U.S. presidents. presidents. Uh, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so funny and so insightful about what it means to be um, an American in a really kind of sometimes very sort of uh, cynical but not overly cynical way. There's like a really great balance of the cynicism of like that the American dream is this like kind of um, absolute sort of like twisted thing, but also that like there's some sort of um, strange unity in like mm. being in this place where people feel empowered to go and <laughs> go and kill their presidents, presidents. That yeah. you know that that's that's the relationship between the ruling class and the the masses in America, and mm. also just there's there's great rhymes and there's great individual songs. Um, so love assassins. Um, I would say that's a, that's kind of actually a pretty good starting place. Also, Sweeney Todd is a really good starting place if you haven't oh, listened sure, to much yeah. mm. song time. Um, but also, I feel like you might have. I, I think people don't realize things like West Side Story. He wrote the lyrics for that. Mm. Um, you know, like, into the woods is into the woods. You might know, things. like you know, you might know bits and pieces. If don't you know watch the theater, Disney version. You might know Cinder the Clowns. Yeah. You know, you might know random bits and pieces like. And even with stuff like like Into the Woods, which is like probably not our like favorite. I don't know. But it's up, view, but, but it's there's so like good, beautiful though. songs kind of throughout, and yeah, like that first first half second half in terms of how it kind of flips yeah like yeah and unfortunately a lot of his adaptations are still like relatively good i think into the woods is like fine, it's fine. and sweeney todd it's as a movie is I'm fine. fine so surprised that there's not a movie uh, about company the th- like, yeah the, i'm so I surprised i saw it's a pitch for somebody doing like a 1970s because i yeah. feel like a period set one is the best version absolutely a greta gerwig yeah. directed 1970s oh, nice. version nice. of ah yeah. uh, uh, just do it now like oh my god yeah. company is also great give me like, early paul Thomas 2006 Anderson. version of company mm, is excellent but also the recent revival with the gender flip bobby is really great yeah um yeah what's your favorite song I don't know if I have a favorite Sondheim oh, song. Um, a few uh, favorites. I for would the, say for the kids. like for, the one that I immediately was most drawn to um, upon hearing about his passing yesterday was Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George, right. which is like 
a full um there's some really beautiful versions on youtube there's one that was done for his 80th birthday yeah, celebrations yeah. um a, 11 years ago now so I, I would say if you haven't listened to the song sunday from sunday in the park with george um listen to the 80th birthday celebration version of it which is available on youtube there's like a full choral arrangement it's this very beautiful whole big like concert hall yeah. performing this uh, incredibly beautiful song um, but nice. yeah, this is yeah. actually a song that is um, given a full pastiche in the film Tick Tick Boom, which James and I also watched recently. Yeah, um, I watched it too. Okay, ah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Not with you guys, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I also I also wanted to talk about on pop culture, uh, on pop corner. Pop culture is what we discuss Ooh. on pop corner. <laughs> um but yeah it's um definitely worth a watch i really enjoyed it um it's on netflix um and it is an adaptation of the musical uh which was written by jonathan larson who is most famous for writing rent um this is based off a sort of solo show that he was kind of working on in the years leading up to rent um but never totally completed and it was never performed in the the sort of three actor version which Mm. it kind of is sort of canonically sort of as far as there is a canonical version um that was kind of reconstructed after his death um he did solo shows of it though right yeah so he did a version of a solo show like workshops of it um earlier um so it's kind of yeah an autobiographical story about just his life you know his his uh process of turning 30 and trying to write uh, a great big unrelatable. musical and uh, not relatable at all to any of us also there's so much content this year about turning 30 that is very, yeah, very good. I've just been feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like maybe there's content about turning 30 every year and you're just starting to feel it now. <laughs> no. No, I mean, like, Bo's Inside, Adele's 30, which we'll talk about, mm. um, and this, yeah. But yeah, um, I think just Tick, 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 the Boom is not, like, a hugely, like, favourite musical of mine, so I think that's partially why I feel like mm. this is such a good film adaptation of it, because it's sort of... Because it knows that it's not anybody's, huh. like, well, it's some people's favourite musical, I guess, but it's not, like, the most beloved <laughs> musical in the world. There's, there's freedom. Some Someone out there. Somebody will love it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's kind of freedom to explore it a bit more, to yeah. change things, to be a little bit braver in the adaptation. And I think they've done a really good job of adapting yeah, it. Andrew bit, Garfield is the lead character. It's a bit more realistic as well. So it's, like, you know, easier to make it, to stage it for film as, like... Yeah, but I feel like it's and, also, like, uh, there are a lot of beautiful filmic flights of fancy. It doesn't is, sort of feel, is, like, yeah. bound to realism in the way no, that sometimes... Because I always feel like you can't do a realistic musical, musical unless it's no, incredibly diegetic. Yeah. Like, you know, it, yeah. it's really... Yeah, like, you need to have some sort of bound of fantasy yeah. because otherwise, like, you can't show that music element. And I think it's it's really well paired with Lin-Manuel Miranda's kind Who's of... the director. Like, yes, the director's kind of work, and this is his feature debut, because it fits in with that kind of concept i mean the the metaphor of tick tick boom is this idea of a ticking um time bomb for your death um well for turning 30 for sure for turning turning 30 but by extension like the idea that you will die someday and i think it's yeah it's hindsight improved upon yeah with with larson's kind of death where um yeah it's it's able to kind of build upon that kind of source material because Mm. it has that kind of ability to kind of reflect back on it there's an extra lens that is given to the fact that he died at 35 before he ever saw his big masterwork um that is um adds a lot of poignancy and irony to the kind of the message of the play which is actually 30 isn't that old you've still got plenty of time is kind of his sort of what he he sort of 
yeah, arrives at it. You know, yeah. you've got to keep making art. You know, you keep going. Keep going. Um, and then there was this really sad irony to the fact that he, in fact, didn't have very much time, and he he couldn't have known that because yeah. he died very suddenly. But he did keep um, going, and he exactly. did make yeah. one of the most defining yeah, pieces like, of work very, very of iconic musicals of the um, generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's because like you know, it, tying in um the what we were saying before um is that Stephen Stephen Sondheim appears in this <laughs> show. Yeah, as a mentor. Um, yeah, and he was a mentor to young Jonathan Larson. Um, and he also appears in it. Uh, it's his sort of, I guess, final screen performance yeah. is that he mm. himself uh, appears as an answering machine message um, at the very end of the <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah, um, same as an answering machine. Because that was <laughs> just dressed in a cardboard costume. Yeah. Well, it was recorded with Bradley Whitford, who does a really great, really, really good, good Sondheim impression. impression of Sondheim, <laughs> and then Sondheim saw it and was like, "Oh no, I wouldn't say." Those this words, word yeah. I have no. It's a bit cliche. Um, if the actor isn't available to to record it, then I can just record it for you. And Lynn was like, uh, "Yes, <laughs> please." Yeah, like Bradley, don't say you're available. Like, you say you're yeah. not available. Yeah. So and I'm sure Bradley would. Have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, like, lo- you step out of the way when it's <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but, I just thought it was great. And Andrew is so infectious in this. Andrew is like, always good. I've loved this man since 2010. Yeah. But it's like such a like a, a huge like showcase of like his kind of stuff and the, the this kind of pairing of him singing. I mean, like he said that he hadn't like professionally kind of sung. Before, he sounds good. He's got a great voice. He's really really, good. And I think really for this type of music as and well. He looks, he's got that kind of rock edge to his voice. And, and also he looks like Jonathan Larson, not like one he's to the, one, like but the he's, hotter version he's of definitely Jonathan the hotter version. But, but he it's really a pretty catches, good approximation. Like, there's yeah. some points that like uh, I've seen online of um, people taking actual footage recorded of. Jonathan Larson performing Boho Days, which was the original title of when he did Tick Tick Boom as a show. Right. Um, and it's like paired with Andrew Garfield doing his version of yeah. it. And it's like down to the gestures, down to like the head nods and the way he moves his hands. He's got the impression perfect. He's just got um, this beautiful, floppy, soft boy energy. Yeah. Mm. He's so vulnerable on screen. Um, that's why he's always so compelling to watch. And he's yeah. got these big eyes yeah yeah um i love him i just say like yeah tick tick boom is also just good because there, there is it's jam-packed with cameos yes um and the sometime like tribute especially like highlights as that. part of that yeah. but um you know there is a, a, a scene yeah which is kind of a, a pastiche of sunday the song that i was talking about before mm. um which features like all of these broadway stars of yeah. you know of today and of yesterday and of all you know like all just gathering together in, in a diner um and it's just a really sort of you know like let's just absolutely enjoy how hilariously like uh, what a cornucopia we've got you know yeah. what a, <laughs> a horn of plenty of broadway stars yeah, <laughs> mm. so um, yeah it's really i lovely. think i enjoyed it less than you guys but i think it's definitely worth watching it's, yeah it's... i feel like it's very specifically for musical theater nerds yeah, and yeah. like if you aren't a musical theater nerd you're not going to like it as much and that's kind of okay that's sort of you who the target who, audience you is, know who was okay the, the other slave for me um, Vanessa Hudgens. Oh She's my God. great. She was so good, especially in that scene yeah. with the duet. Yeah, um, which well, um, that's new, right? Yeah, yeah it was a, a solo, it's a solo yeah. and they've they've adapted it for two two singers, which is really nice. Well, I was confused about why she wasn't the girlfriend, and then I got it. I was like, she chose the better role. I thought. <laughs> um, she was just so effervescent in that film. And I loved her. And also Robin DeSus did a really good job. I thought well, he was as, wonderful. As his, I thought um, he was best so, friend, like, Mark. Yeah, I thought he was, like, had some, um, like, uh, I don't know, the real pathos, very moving. Yeah, pathos to his yeah. performance. Yeah. And um, that song that he has, um, uh, 
uh, it's like I don't know three quarters of the way through where it, like after a revelation it's uh, just uh, is real life I think yeah is this real yeah. life like god so yeah. passionate so beautiful yeah. I just love Andrew Garfield I just keep thinking about it yeah. I'll never see Hexor Ridge but oh god <laughs> I forgot uh, he was in I love him uh, ever since he laid eyes on Jesse Eisenberg on that um, table read for the social network, it's like he saw his puppy dog eyes looking over him, and I was like, "This, this, this might get. He gets it. He's yeah. vulnerable. He can do everything." Yeah. I wish him all the best. Never let him go. N- never. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your fifth episode in a row. <laughs> never let him. I mean, we were going to mention Andrew, so it was only yeah. a matter yeah. of time. It's going to come up. Uh, I've got to say as well, there, I read an incredibly good article that was just an interview with, with Robin DeJesus and Andrew Garfield yeah. sitting down with the interviewer. Um, just where they basically just all having drinks together and the two men just start talking about like just, just gushing over how much they loved each other, how oh, they yeah. were working That's... together. It's very cute, isn't it? There's a reason I shipped him and Jesse Eisenberg for a very long time. It's because yeah. it's very adorable. Like Jesse was a bit hesitant, obviously, because that's his nature. <laughs> but Andrew got him to open up and it's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just seems very giving as a scene partner. Yeah, in that interview he was like watching um, oh, what's his name? Sorry, Robin Jesus. Robin Jesus, uh, like perform, and he was like, "I want to do, I want to do some more," uh, and that's because like, I want to, I want to match you. I'm like, yeah, you're your being level. so good. I need to <laughs> yeah, rise to sure. your level, which is he's like... he's the kind of theater kid that I like. Yeah, yeah. Read read the, into that as you will. <laughs> theater kids, I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> dirty little. Kids. Um, that's, um, that's all my things cool so. I'll jump on in next um, I'll bring up a previous uh, pop corner um, that uh, Cass and I saw that Matt you previously mentioned I did see oh. this as well yeah the power of the dog and what power did woof, it have woof. oh a deep very woof. powerful very powerful very dog yeah. powerful yeah haunting sensual I feel like we can't talk too much about no, this film no, because not. it is definitely one where but, if you know what is it is about going in, you're not going to sure. get as much of a great no, experience you're getting, out of it, I don't think. You're getting a um, Benedict Cumberbatch performance that's very sexual to me and sensual, which yeah. are words I'd never thought I'd say. No, yeah. And also a film where Kirsten Dunst is not the main attraction for me, <laughs> which is, you know... And, but she's still very good. And in it. for she's me, good. Kirsten Dunst, I don't know. I don't know why I came for her so hard in previous episodes. I'd probably have to kind of review that. Um, I, I know I got criticized. Yeah, I didn't. I know. Did. Well, you two were like, "What? You're not a fan?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like Kiki. because I was thinking of Kiki. her like soaked like um, in Spider-Man. Spider-Man, and I was like, "What is that?" The Mary Jane, but the Mary Jane doesn't sum up. Look, the Mary Jane is a great role because I mean, Emma Stone was not a Mary Jane; she was a Gwen, but. Zendaya, Kirsten Dunst, what good company? It's two people. I was gonna say three. I was gonna say three, but then I just remembered that Emma was not Mary Jane. Yeah, Um, Um, yeah, it's a beautiful film, and so like I, we, we got to catch it in the the penthouse in one of the cinemas in Wellington. It's really, really beautiful. I recommend checking it out. Yeah, cinema. Hello, Cody Smith McPhee. Hello, Cody Smith McPhee. As 
a great actor. As the the most slender boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deeply, uh, will rival boy. Nicholas Braun as like very tall, slender yeah, boy. Yeah, also a bit no slenderer. Slim, yeah. much oh, slenderer. But also, I'm just like, what is in the water? Like again, this per- I've brought it up before that 1996 has the most Oscar nominees of anyone in the 90s, and I think they're gonna add another one this year with Mr. Cody Smith McPhee. I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised that you know immediately the birth year. <laughs> I looked it up because I was like, is he in 96? Because we've got Abigail Breston, we've got like Hayley Steinfeld, we've got Lucas Hedges, we've got someone else that I'm forgetting is at the moment. Timothée. Oh, Florence yeah. Pugh. Oh, Timothée's 95. Oh, and okay. Search is 94. My God. <laughs> oh, no. Your extensive knowledge. And then you as know, ever is deeply impressive. You know who else isn't nominated yet? Anya Taylor-Joy and Zendaya, also both 96, so there is definitely something in the water in 96. 92, again, sadly, no nominees. Every other year in the 90s before 96. Who's 93? Yeah, Yelitsa Aparicio from uh, Roma. So I'm glad we have one. Well, that's one. That's kind of throwing a bone to 93. So 93, we don't have any? We don't have any. Fuck, man. My year needs to represent. (laughs) I'm going to have a look and see, and I'm going to vote. We're going to will this. It's an Oscar voting. You're going to vote them in. And I will will that never will be a 92 board person. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I really like the brother kind of dynamic as well. Um, oh, with Jesse. With Jesse and Benedict. Oh, because it, I just, I love like two brothers that just can't connect. It was like that kind of Cain and Abel kind of thing of just I like. I wonder why. Mm. I wonder why this applies to <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's just fascinating to kind of watch. Um, yeah, I just highly recommend it. Jane like is able to evoke that kind of mood of a film that you just kind of want to soak in and kind of relax and then the plot kind of emerges naturally mm, and i didn't mm, feel like i beautiful. wanted it to come and also faster than it did because the I was last just loving the, mood. the last stretch of the film yeah <sighs> I, so i felt oh like i'm like james i did feel there were a couple bits that did drag for me in the first half but mm. i think the, from the second hour onwards, oh my it's God. just you're on a roller coaster and it's just and then, going and it's. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. Yeah, yeah. I will, the only thing I will say is if you're a person that's not a huge fan of Benedict Cumberbatch and are going, why the fuck did they cast Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, you'll get, like it. you'll get it. You'll get it. It's perfect casting. Just trust us on this. Yeah, for it's sure. Gonna, yeah. Um, um, also, Montana's never looked beautiful. Yeah. Because it's because New Zealand. It's New Zealand. Yeah. Zealand. <laughs> um, and uh, as with our feature presentation today, I'm not sure about the title. Like, it's, you know, it's what the the book is based yeah, on. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but, like, I don't know what a better title would be, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's dogs. dogs. If you're, like, super into dogs. dogs, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. There's <laughs> not many dogs. It's not that many. There's a dog in it. Um, it's definitely, like, a, a title where you're like, what the hell is that about? Yeah. yeah. It's you a know. thinker, I guess. That's but fine. I don't yeah. know if that goes anywhere. <laughs> it's a thinker. Ah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a title that uh, tells you exactly what is on the tin is Adele's 30, um, which <laughs> dropped uh, like, Not this week. Ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just want to like kind of... It just really reaffirmed listening to her songs that I'm a basic talking of basic instinct a basic bitch who just loves some Adele um because like 21 I played so much and now that she's 30 and like I really love this album because there's like a mix of like those beautiful like soulful ballads Mm -hmm. but then there's like really fun poppy stuff as well um which you don't usually there's a song where she moans and it caught me off guard yeah she's like "Mm -hmm." and I'm like okay you try Flynn I'm in 
let's get it, Adele. And yeah. then the song's called Can I Get It? So she did. Yeah, she certainly did. Um, yeah, and uh, there's there's more upbeat numbers. And then, yeah, there's her talking with her kids that, um, about like her like anxiety and stuff. Yeah, that's that a I great song. Found really, My Little Love. Yeah, really beautiful. Um, I just... It's just, I love songs that can really, like, hit you right in the yeah. feels and make you feel. And Adele, always with her voice and and her, her, her writing as well, just, like, is able to tap into something. So, yeah, listen to Chuck on 30 and just get emotional. Uh, yeah, I didn't love this as much. I was looking forward to it. Um, I think, I think it's a bit older than me like because mm-hmm. it's 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 talking a lot oh of, yes i'm i'm 92 so no no i know i know i know but it's like i think it's like it's about divorce babe. i think divorce i know but there's the thing, i think her 30 is like at least 10 years older than most 30 most, year olds yeah. now yeah so i was most like 30 year olds are divorced with children <laughs> exactly <laughs> so there were definitely songs where i connected a bit more um i did love that that song where she talks to her kid is a knockout though my little love yeah. um but also, I I was expecting a bit more uh, experimentation sonically because obviously you you have this core of, of Adele singing sad songs, but mm. I also because like in interviews she's like very funny. Yeah. So I want I want a bit more like I want I her to do a, some disco songs. I want her sure. to be fun. There's a couple songs in there. That yeah, yeah, fun. for sure. They're they're poppy, but they're not like it's not like a revolutionary sound for her. Mm. Or I want some of that cheekiness to come through in her lyrics as well, which makes kind of the the sadness a bit more poignant or have a bit more layers to it. Wait for forty. 45 45 45 but uh i I don't know i I have not listened to this album yet so i I can't really weigh in and i also i don't know it's just like i love 21 i always come back to 21 when i come to adele 25 i think is kind of bad as an album i I don't know if i've heard um 30 is pretty good um I think the production is really good on 30. There's a couple of songs that just like are so cinematic and evoke this like late night kind of 60s girl group Mm. vibe, which is the opening track Strangers by Night and All Night Parking to me, which are the standouts. And also, I mean, if you love bravura vocal performances, the last three tracks of this album are amazing vocally, especially a song called To Be Loved, Mm. where like there is a performance of her just singing this in her like lounge and that mic is hanging on for dear life <laughs> it was you know hurricane adele was, yeah, yeah. um but i i love adele as a personality i think i'm kind of outgrowing her music because i i, I want more layers from her and i don't know i thought she came in at a time in 21 where it was so refreshing to have like hmm. someone who's so earnest and have these big torch songs but now that we know that this is like her shtick it, it's not as shiny and refreshing also, I to feel me like anymore. most pop music is a lot more about sort of you have more sort of sad ballads and exactly more kind of emotional yeah. torch songy type stuff that's kind of and, and with more with, that. with more interesting production for yeah. me as well so i mean i'm never gonna knock a, uh, a a great vocal with a piano a good piano ballad if it if it connects with me and i think this might take a couple more listens to to settle in or it might just be something i never revisit again apart from a couple of tracks um what I will keep on revisiting, though, is... Um, are you finished? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is the the 10-minute version of Taylor Swift's best song, All Too Well. So everyone knows that that Taylor re-released her um, Red album, right. which I never connected to very much. I didn't know it was a thing. I, Red is 
I think her, the fan favorite of, of early Taylor Swift because okay. it was the bridge between her country stuff and her pop stuff. And this is when she was coming of age as, as a young woman in her early 20s, leaving her teen stuff and like looking forward to, you know, her mid to late 20s. Um, so a lot of it is very formative. A lot of it is very kind of new. Um, I Red was never my favorite Taylor Swift album, but all too well, the five minute version is the moment I, I listened to it, I was just like a stunner. It was just a beautiful s- storytelling, great melody, really haunting. And obviously she's been teasing this 10 minute version since it first dropped. And now I don't think this was the actual 10 minute version that was first recorded, but I think it's a stunner. That's a yes from me, Han. Um, it's just great and expansive and it's emotional and that's the short film is a sleigh um apart from all well, like the other from the vault tracks are fine um the standards for me are uh nothing new with phoebe bridges another queen and uh babe but all too well really is the magnum opus this is like her signature song it's her best song um and it's taylor's version now, it's right? it's it's all too well 10 minute version mm-hmm. taylor's version from the vault okay um, and then she also explicitly about Jake, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, not not really explicitly. Okay, because I mean, the it's... stuff about the scarf and stuff. He didn't return. It the is scarf. if you know, you know. And obviously now it's like it's still subtext, but I think most people consider it as text now. Yeah. She never explicitly says it's Jake. I think the thing <laughs> that people do is it's like she's re-recording these because she didn't have the rights to the music yeah. and she needed to re-record them so that okay. she could have her own like yeah. legal ownership of these songs. I love Not it. because she's still like, I'm super hung up yeah, on Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal and I just need to get my feelings out about and it. And I think that's the thing. That but that's been some... the narrative that's been aired. Well, that's well, the thing. Some I mean... fans are getting very annoying about it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> And I'm sure, like, Jake is probably laughing about it at home. Yeah. Um, I like Jake. I yeah. Look, she was 19, she, he was 30. Like, of course they weren't going to last. Like, they're yeah. different people at different stages of their life. Yeah. And you know what? It made a good app. <laughs> made her best track, so... <laughs> Better be sending him that check, girl. <laughs> like, mm. um, No, he still has that scarf, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't know that... That age difference. Well, she she was twenty because she, the famous line is that he didn't come to her twenty first yeah. birthday, uh, and they only dated for three months, so she must have been twenty. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think there was like already a lot of mythos behind the song, and she expanded on that mythos, and she just like it's so bold to just have a ten minute song. It just recently went to number one, which is obviously unheard of but it's taylor swift i'm just so like you... yeah 10 minute songs like love it let's do that let's do yeah. more of that Absolutely. let's go back to the 70s or we could just be yes. like let's do 10 minute long keep it, e- keep it right. and, and also she so i love the national as well who she's been collaborating with and she released another 10 minute version of the song which is a sad girl autumn version of the song <laughs> which sounds like the national and it's like oh it's so good um i don't know if i've fully heard all these tracks because they popped on like red the give me the song like the song that oh yeah james all just, too well we've recently gotten into using the alexa oh um, sure oh, and, don't say it too loud or yeah, i'll hear um but it was actually very amusing going back to the album 30 um that james was trying to get it to play 
for like the whole day and then we came home and then it just started playing from the speakers <laughs> without any ask for yeah. it it was very scary yeah. Um, but yeah we were trying to get it to play the album but I think it just played all too well and was like there you go that's it that's it <laughs> yeah that's it wasn't the 10 minute version I, I think it was think. a 5 minute version yeah, yeah. so I gotta listen to the full 10 and the order oh yeah you start with a 5 I think okay just Take a that taster in. and a pat of tea. I reckon, I reckon listen, listen to Red to give you the context of the relationship. Yeah, so I because like, so so Red she wrote as like kind of like not as a response, but like it's her version of Blue by like Joni Mitchell. Mm. <laughs> like uh-huh. that's her as as a young songwriter. Sure. Yeah. And then loving when's, him. When's White coming out? I know. Hey. Yeah, the French. That's that's colors. the next. The White album. That's the yeah. Beatles. Yeah, that's, yeah. That one. That's, the be ne- that's the next generation. Wait yeah. till Olivia Rodrigo is yeah. like, yeah. like. Oh yeah, it could be coming. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but speaking briefly of of Taylor, um, and Olivia, uh, the Grammy nominations came out. I'm not gonna uh, expound on this. I'm just rooting for Olivia Rodrigo and Sour, Billie yes, Eilish and um, Happier Than Ever and Doja Cat and Planet Her. And Evermore is nominated for Album of the Year, which is a great album, but nothing else. But Taylor Swift has won enough Grammys. So yeah. spread it around, gal. Spread it around, gal. The other things I want to talk about are, are just films that I watched. Uh, I Saw Titane, which won the Palm Door this how year. It's I like it. I mean, its mileage may vary. Yeah. It, uh, I, you know, it's audacious and, uh, like, shocking in different ways. It's darkly funny. Um, and you could take it the wrong way, but I, it just hit the sweet, sweet spot for me. So Titan is a girl, about a girl who gets into a car accident as, a, as when she's younger, and then, uh, she has, like, uh, like, a titanic plate. 45 seconds she has like a titanic <laughs> plate um uh like implanted on her head and from there when she grows like up a titanium titanium plate? titanic <laughs> oh. the ship titanic is implanted in her head. a part of the titanic yeah. Yeah. the pearl of the ocean <laughs> um is is implanted in her head and then she doesn't she grows up with not the most healthy relationship and then she uh she well i i don't want to spoil anything it's just a ride yeah um and the other thing that i <laughs> that i loved <laughs> was passing oh. which is on netflix oh. the, re- the directorial the debut well it's on netflix oh it's the directorial debut of miss rebecca hall oh yeah um, right who With... i think is like an eighth black right or something and Ruth so so it stars tessa thompson and ruth nega mm. as as white passing woman um, especially Ruth Nega, and it's just so like so. Ruth Nega's character is fully passing as white, and then Tessa Thompson or sometimes passes as white when she um when she goes to the white part of New York. Mm-hmm. But it's just like this tension between the two women, the relationship of these two women, and also, you know, Ruth Nega infiltrates her life, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm just gonna leave it there. But whew, mm-hmm. they are a sleigh, Ruth Nega. Woo, girl. Good because <laughs> she's a fucking sleigh. This movie is beautiful. It's okay. ve- it's like like just over ninety minutes, but it it lets scenes breathe. It's a very confident directorial debut. It's I love it. I remember seeing Ed Astor and everyone's like Ruth Nagus in this. I was like, oh, Ruth awesome. was not and great she's just in like, that. Hey, it's, how's it going? It's like a not nothing Welcome to film. Mars or whatever or the moon. It's the moon. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then um. Yeah, she's barely in it, and then it has, like, Natasha Leon, and it's just, like, a solo, like, line. Oh, yeah, what the f- 
fuck? Hey, welcome yeah, to the was. moon. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's literally like that. Yeah, anyway. But um, I hope, exciting. yeah, I'm rooting for Ruth this season. Um, I hope she, she goes the distance. And I'm, I'm rooting for Rebecca as well. Uh, you know, now that we have a Skins cast member win an Oscar. Hello, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, now I'm rooting for the first Misfits cast member to win an Oscar. Hello, Ruth Nega. Where's David? Has it been nominated yet? Yeah, for David. Lion. Oh, Lion. I haven't seen oh. it. I haven't oh. seen it. I don't know if I ever don't know will. will see Lion, no. Hey, it could be a mixed bag. I don't could know. Be. Could it? be, could be. It's just like, it's I like mean... an, an important film, but doesn't feel particularly exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, like it's, it, I think it's within the tenets. I feel like Nicole yeah. Meh. is kind Mediocre. of Mediocre. Yeah. Muddled. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, well, does that round us up for our... I think so. Corner? Well, from... Um, Anyone else want to take it? Should we just talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. Feature presentation. Feature presentation. What a great segue. Oh, love it. I mean, 50 plus episodes. 60 now, I think. 60 plus episodes. And we are still nailing those transitions. Yeah, so last episode, we were like, let's let's do some personal picks. Yeah. Um, so we've got my pick this episode, we've got Cass's pick the next episode, and we've got We're a Christmas episode. to find out what my pick is, yeah. including me. TBD. TBD. Yeah, so I picked, this is my pick, I picked Basic Instinct, as, as you can see from the title. Um, because I, you know, I thought this film would be up my alley. Like, it's just like the kind of the film I, I would enjoy. Like, noir slash neo-noir, um... Paul, sexual sexual erotic erot- yeah charged erotically charged mm. early 90s um, yeah uh paul verhaven who i do enjoy his work most of the time sometimes not um and also i have seen uh knockoffs of of basic instinct before so yeah. i was like i need to correct this so like one formative film in my sexual history is a 1993 film body of evidence mm-hmm. with Willem Dafoe, Madonna, and Julianne Moore. I don't remember if this film is good or bad. I think it's bad. But the sex scenes in the film yeah. are ingrained in my brain. Mm. So there's one point where like Madonna like pushes Willem Dafoe onto like the front of the car. The glass breaks and she just jumps on top of him. <laughs> yeah. They fuck in the front of the car. And then at some point, like, so this is a mirroring sex scene, I'm pretty sure. Like, in the early one, like, it was Madonna um, handcuffed to the foot of the bed. And then, like, he, like, puts wax on her, like, her boobs and, like, down <laughs> her tum to her pussy. And then he goes <laughs> to town. Her tum, her, her sweet tum. <laughs> And he goes to town. And then towards the end, she mirrors the same thing to him. And she goes down on him with the, the candle wax. And for I don't know why. These are just imprinted on my brain. And I thought they were the most sexual things in the world. I think, I think yeah, one of, uh, one of the gifts of cinema is like, sometimes you'll see a film and it'll just be an astounding sex scene that you'll just, it'll just, yeah, it'll be burnt there. For me, it's like body heat, which is just, everyone's like sweaty and glistening and golden and just like it's um William Hurt and um Kathleen Keener Kathleen Turner rather um uh yeah and it's just this beautiful like noir story um yeah it goes so well together like crime and sex yeah um, so I thought I mean this had very mixed reaction mm. it is a cult classic everyone knows 
basic instinct, or more specifically, that scene. Yes. Where um, she uncrosses her legs and you see a flash, a brief flash of her vagina, which I don't think we actually see. I think you do. You, or you, well, well, it's very yeah. quick. Yeah, you'd see like a. Ve- it's a very brief. I mean, I think that's why people said that this was an extremely popular film. You know, to, to, on VHS, on VHS because so you, you could pause it. Yeah, I see. And we were looking up on on Wiki, and um, Sharon has said that yeah, that she did not. Uh, that she was kind of tricked into kind of doing that scene. No, no, no. Um, by Paul Verhoeven, which is pretty shitty. That um, sucks. And she only saw it realized on the test screening because. Yeah, they said, oh, we won't be able to see it, it'll be in shadow, so... Um, yeah, she had been wearing white knickers before that, and then... Yeah, so it's real... Real crap. It's we'll talk about it. Scene <laughs> comes from a lack of consent. Um, yeah. But... Anyways, that's my history with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, had you seen this film before? Yes. This was one of my movies that I was uh, ticking off from the 1001 films you must see before you die. I was ah, like, let's see hey, that one. You saw it before you died. <laughs> hey, got it in there. Seen it twice now. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, I think I did a batch of the Michael Douglases. I saw this. I get it confused with Fatal Attraction, which came out earlier, is it? 87. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So this is 90s and this is 92 it's like um and i think i saw falling down and stuff like that Mm. with um which is yeah a more interesting kind of douglas performance but we'll get into that um yeah and i don't remember a lot of it i remember that it was steamy sexual and vaguely crime stuff with the ice pick i think um but i didn't really recall it because it was just kind of that rote like let's see everything yeah, yeah. So. I have not seen this film before. Um, have I seen it now? <laughs> we can make the argument. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'd sort of had just known it as the film in which Sharon Stone flashes her vagina, and in which it's very homophobic. Um, and I think I was I was accurate on both of those. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. We will talk um, about it. Yeah, uh, we'll talk. So we, as we discussed last but last if, week, it's plot before hot. Yeah, so if you haven't seen the movie, well, here it is in a movie minute. In a minute, and We're, Matt is going to take this one. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ha ha, um, ha 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 is all I say. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, this is Basic Instinct in one minute, starting from now. Okay, so there's this man who uh, is found dead. Uh, m- m- murdered by an ice pick, and the main suspect is his the girl who he fucks, Catherine Trammell. So they do this whole investigation. Michael Douglas is the lead high. suspect, and they lead s- cop. Sorry, lead <laughs> cop. And then, as as he becomes more uh, ingrained in his world, and she becomes more ingrained in the in the investigation, they have this psychosexual relationship. Thirty seconds. Where, uh, yeah, he begins stalking her. Um, and, uh, yeah, the relationship, uh, deepens and then other people get killed, such as, uh, his enemy in the station, uh, her bisexual lover, and then, 15 seconds. and then, uh, she tries to pin the murder on his lover psychiatrist by played by Jean Triplehorn, but in the end it's revealed that it's actually her and she's been bluffing this whole time. And in the end she tries to kill Michael Douglas, but in, at the very last moment she decides not to. Yeah. No, you That's got a lot. a lot of that. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, I was worried at the start. Um, but no, you, you <laughs> Didn't got get there. quite enough of the, the, the driving dangers. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it's into that. Um, um, well, now that we've gotten hot out of the way, let's plot. We've, we've gotten plot out of the way. Oh, sorry, sorry. We've got plot out of the way. It's time to get to hot. 
Um, Most visually pleasing. Hot butter. Sizzle, sizzle. Ooh. Ooh. Um, contenders. There's some contenders in this yes, film. Yes, this is a This is a movie about hot people who are, by and large, actually hot. Yeah, but who's the hottest? Well, look, mm. most of our time watching this film, I'm going to pull back the veil to reveal to you, oh, audience members, oh. was actually spent with the three of us <laughs> simply just debating which actors are hot. Some of whom, <laughs> many of whom, not actors in the film, but actors in no. life. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks was he hot when he was yeah. younger? Who yes, was hot? No. Jack Nicholson has he ever been hot? No, I don't yeah. think so. Anyway, so um... so the answers for those: Matt, yes; James and Cast, no; on Tom Hanks, <laughs> on Tom, yeah. Well, and then Jack Nicholson, James, yes; Matt and Cast, no. No, no, no uh, Nicholson occasionally, just like specific films, but, so, but yes. never for us. Well, this was born out of, and I think it came out on podcast where you said that you weren't uh, attracted to Sean Connery, no. and I had a huge reaction. Yeah. And so, I guess this came and out. And so, Michael Douglas, for me, these guys are like, ah, oh, I think he's sort of hot. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was watching. So, my, I, my watching of this film is that in order to get cast in this film as a woman, particularly as, as a woman under 40 in this film, you need to be a top 10 smoke show. You need to be, like, absolutely, like, LA 10, the hottest of the hot. To be cast as a man in this film, you need to have two legs and two arms and be able to kind of oh, stand upright sorry. and walk your way into the frame. Yeah. And that's all you need. Like, the, the bar is on the floor for the men. There are so many ugly men and so only only beautiful women. I, um, I think that's intentional. There's definitely apart a from lot. Apart Douglas, yeah, which is There's definitely the a lot of ugly men in this film. I think Michael Douglas is not one of them. I, I think, I think uh, the, the rest of the men... Who are mostly in the force, what we see. They're meant to be schlubby men who, like, drop their jaws at all of these beautiful yeah. women. Uh, and yeah. also, by comparison, Michael Douglas looks better than them. Yeah, yeah. maybe but... they, this casting thing, they were like, shit, we've got to make Michael Douglas look attractive. Let's just cast only really ugly <laughs> men around him so that, by comparison, he looks okay. Uh, so my, it didn't work. my argument is that he's got this, this X factor. He's got that effect. He's got sex appeal. Yeah. Like, he's got, you know, he's maybe not the best looker, but, I mean, I think he's kind of handsome. There's a but bit he's of a, a bastard in this There's a bit film. of fire behind his eyes. No, I think we're talking about... Michael Douglas just at, as a working on screen I and just think, him looking at him in this film like. like he's always a bit of a scumbag he's a bit of a stinker and I think that's why people rooted for him in the 80s and 90s because you know it was a time when everybody was bad it yeah. was yeah, a really yeah. amoral yeah. time in Gordon human Gekko, history we all like, hated each other greed is and good we, like, we liked bad anti- anti-heroes yeah he's hot but he's not the hottest in this film but no. not by far no. <laughs> um the third i think arguably there are three contenders yeah i'd say so yeah, yeah. Hmm. it's just who would who who are our personal picks so the three contenders that we've identified is sharon stone is Catherine Trammell, mm-hmm. yeah. who's very hot yeah. yeah um the psychiatrist which i've mentioned um played by jean triplehorn very hot but brunette mm-hmm. hey <laughs> and also Calling back to last episode, I feel vindicated because other people think that nasty brown hair <laughs> also thinks a sizable minority. Yeah, agree but, with Matt. but not like it wasn't unanimous. Uh, so James and I have to say yeah. yes, we, we thought and, it would be unanimous on on our side. It was two thirds. So what's us. the spectrum? What? Would you say Jean Triplehorn in this film? Is she's she, brunette. She's brunette. She's brunette. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's it's like were there any light browns in this film? No. Michael Douglas, is he light brown yeah, or Yeah, where does he land? He just has I don't hair. I remember his hair. <laughs> it's like... I don't remember... 
it's a, it's like kind of dark. It looks like it's kind of dark. So we've been doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'll it's think of an like, example of like okay. what I mean. But yeah, anyway, so there's Jean Triplehorn, yeah, and then there's uh, Roxy, who I don't remember her actress act, actress's name. Oh, look at it. Not as famous. She she played uh the bisexual lover. Of I think Catherine she's a lesbian. Trammell. I think Catherine. Oh, is, yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. Catherine's because... bi and she's a lesbian. <laughs> Um, but who do we think, pray tell, is the hottest out of the three? Uh, well, I'm just going to be the, go, go conventionally. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, Sharon Stone is famous yeah. for being very hot in this film. And I think she is very hot in this film. Sharon Stone? Um, I think she's, yeah. she, not only is she like styled very beautifully, like she oh. has some like really gorgeous like costuming and things. She's like a lot of like naked scenes that show off how yeah. great her body is, but also just like her performance is, I think actually good i mean we'll talk about yeah, like yeah, yeah. the, the yeah, bottles of this sure. film but um i think she's well cast energy, in this yeah, role yeah. as this woman who is constantly kind of playing this game of cat and mouse she's very um in control at almost all times throughout the film um okay. and we sort of get a sense of her having this sort of kind of interplay between uh wisdom and and kind of uh uh, innocence and that it's kind of yeah we're sort of talking about I think about her casting is that she was I think 34 yeah. um, playing like 30 when she uh, shot this film and her voice definitely sounds like she's in her 30s and the way she carries herself sort of is, is more mm. sort of that maturity but she's got quite a youthful looking face and sometimes the way she's styled yeah. be quite youthful. I think definitely when she has less makeup on or mm-hmm. no makeup mm-hmm. on she looks way younger than so you'd 30. be like oh she's like 23 yeah. you know and, um, I... and so it's like the way that it cuts it sort of some sometimes she can play herself as kind of more of this innocent girlishness and then sometimes she's got this very knowing kind of um, I think I think that's really a good it's think, really well great sort of interesting I think that's a great argument for mm. for um, Sharon because she plays hot on two different levels yeah and like a very <laughs> nubile <laughs> innocent mm. which is weird but you know that is what it is like it's fresh but then um, also the, the, the way that also, she's clearly playing that yeah, as well, because yeah. she's got that sort of level of control and maturity. And when she does and flick into that more control. The, the, the femme fatale comes yeah. in, and it's very sexual. Um, I actually would agree, but also I think a very close to me, which surprised me, was Jean Triplehorn, yeah. who was serving 90s hotness to a T. <laughs> yeah. Like her wardrobe was very 90s, her hair, that flouts. The flouts of the hair on the 90s, it's not quite 80s, like, you know, teased it's not up. Font. It's like it's a particular, like, it's very like Holly Hunter. But that's like, a very yeah. hot length. It's yeah. not like quite long, it's not very short, but it's just like shoulder length and it's very central because it stops at the clavicle mm. and you like pay attention to that it's very hot mm. and the black dresses that they wear in the 90s are very hot to me it's the classic it's the lob the early 90s woman is very sexual to me yeah i'm just gonna say <laughs> um my my vote would probably go there too but to in the interest of rounding it out um uh also because she was very hot on screen it has a very like great name leilani sorrell like, oh, and this is Roxy. Yeah. yeah, this is Roxy. Leilani um, is a hot name. Yeah, I'm yeah. Say. Leilani Sorrell like just flows off the tongue. Um, I think the like her sort of main reason she's not in the film as much as the other two, so she doesn't get yeah, much yeah, yeah. Many moments. Yeah, to, well, yeah. But she, she also well she had a goofy dance also. <laughs> yeah, some, she did have a goofy but dance. she dug some points from me. Totally, yeah. <laughs> but I think when she first appears uh, and like throughout the film, she does a lot with a little. Like she, you really do get a sense of her kind of presence. She's always like strutting around around in like leather or like a gray outfit every kind of time mm. like it's, her like hair her um blonde hair it's like blonde but dirty blonde as yeah. opposed mm. to sharon's yeah. like 
more, I don't know, pure blonde, whatever you call it. Um, it's like platinum, platinum blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Platinum blonde. Um, yeah, and she, she makes a really great kind of impact. Um, it's a shame that she kind of gets done away with pretty yeah. efficiently. Yeah. I think her hotness comes from, like, just how accessible she is. So, like, there's something about Sharon Stone that's, like, you can't quite touch mm. her, you know? Like, yeah. it's, like, mm. that's out of your league. But there's something about Roxy where she's just, like... She's down to earth. She's rough around the edges. But she's she's she's, she's this, feminine, but also like has butch energy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and she has so this fuck you hot. energy. Yeah. That's like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, really, very really, high. Yeah, and just yeah, works really well on screen. Um, yeah, uh, wish we could see more of her, but yeah, she was uh, three great hot butters. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the film itself, and let's crack up in that bag. A crinkle, crinkle. <laughs> oh, Austin Powers is here oh. too. Hello. <laughs> yeah, baby. I found a bottle. Um, what are our bottles? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've just talked about main one for me, which is, I think, yeah, Shan Stone is really a sleigh. At, at first, um, I wasn't sure because some of the lines she was saying, I oh, was like, the script so is not a, not a bottle. <laughs> um, like her opening scene, I was like, I'm not sure about her. And then the more we got into it, the more you see the duality of her performance, yeah. the way she just commands the screen. Mm. And there's a reason, apart from that iconic scene, that she's so iconic in this role. Mm. And she would, this would be the image people have of her. She, I think generally she plays pretty strong and smart women because mm. that's just the, the energy she puts out. And it's mostly because of this film. Yeah. yeah, she's very commanding on I feel screen. Like, yeah, in every scene, you don't know like what exactly she's playing. It's always interesting to see like yeah, what what new strategy is she trying on on Douglas's character? Mm. Um, yeah, and she's always like styled in a new kind of interesting way. We were talking about that contrast in terms of like looking younger or, or looking more like femme fatale. Um, yeah, and I guess there is this kind of mystery of like yeah, basically is she the killer or is she not? And that main kind of mystery comes from scenes with her as opposed to to michael what's his character's name nick nick nick's uh journey of like discovery which feels pretty kind of arbitrary and often we had to like recap with each other like what's happening now what? yeah i love her name Catherine Trammell. Mm. very dangerous <laughs> yeah and i love her house her, i was gonna say also a pin name Catherine wolf 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 yeah. i guess an o to virginia yeah i want to talk about the design elements of this film as well, but mm. like, let's talk about the production design because we're talking about the house. Yeah. Because her house is very chic. Yeah, mm. actually, as in the outside of the house, I did not like. Not love, didn't was love. Not, not, not great into the, like, also the columns we all, and things. One of the things that we know about her, she's worth $110 million. Yes, yeah. she's a wealthy heiress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because her previous husband died in a boxing accident. Yeah. Is that the Was it her or was it oh, her parents? Well, I think it was, it was her, her parents. parents. Was it and parents? then she married, and then she married the boxer and yeah, he yeah. also Okay, so she's inherited a lot of money from those yeah. people yeah um but yes she has this sort of but and the house is very like mid-century modern inside yeah. it's by the beach of, some big yeah. glass and columns when, when we meet her <laughs> we get like these roaring tides outside there's some yeah, and there's some foliage in her house it feels yeah. very fresh yeah and it doesn't feel you know it doesn't feel gaudy in a rich way it feels very like you know she's her own woman she knows what she wants yeah she knows how to style her house mm. and i think it's you know it shows her character mm. um and i love the house it was chic she got a picasso bigger than his yeah not yeah. not michael douglas's but her previous boyfriend's um and also i i love the other house as well like her boyfriend uh her the, the guy who was killed at the start 
it told a lot about him yeah. as well. The rock and roll star. Like one, <laughs> like one sequence where they go through to look at the body and there's like 20 detectives for some reason wandering through this crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need this many people yeah, here. Yeah, you are ruining this yeah. crime scene. Um, this rock and roll star deserves his <laughs> Yeah, which they repeat A classic rock and roll film. star. Um, but yeah, so his room was full of like different artifacts. Like all these sort of like around the world objects. Yeah. Of, like masks. And, and it was like obviously very gaudy kind of like mm. Money like collector mm. yeah. gave off that vibe, which I enjoyed, and like it, like both of them, I think had like rooms with like ceiling mirrors, which yes. is so funny. Yeah. But, but that is a repeated funny. motif. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, and this may be contentious, um, I always enjoy Verhoeven's kind of work for how like bold and camp and kind of stupid it is. So like there are a lot. There's like, especially in the infamous uh, scene with the flashing scene um like there are like push-ins um with the camera and like oh, yeah. there are some extreme close-ups and then, yeah. and then coming into focus like mid-shot and whipping the camera at extreme yeah. close-ups all of which i find you know bizarre but dynamic I, and exciting. I enjoy it like so i don't know what it is but like so there are things in this movie um yeah, like those bizarre close-up, those the whipping of the camera, the intrusive score that somehow yeah. add to its appeal to I me. I like the score. It was yeah, I, it was very. I found all these very present interesting, but I don't know if I liked them. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I did like the use of light and shadow. I think there's a lot of really lovely, like all yeah. oh, the blinds making lines across people's, all the plants that we were just talking about. There's yeah. like beautiful plant shadow through on everything. Rain as well. A lot of through the rain. I just, really just going hard out on that stuff. I, that was fun. Um, I felt like the score and the and the extreme close-ups. I I noticed. I don't know if I appreciated. <laughs> I just it adds something pulpy and like you mm. know to me it feels like definitely it, feels pulpy. It yeah. feels the yeah. sheen of like a, a the, like the paperback like yeah, yeah. pulpy I, novel. The type of novels that she yeah. writes in the film. Yeah, and I think the strongest for her joints are like like concentrated shots of that like Robocop and Starship Troopers. Like they are like full pulp and just like silly like embracing that kind of world and the filmography fitting alongside with that. Whereas I don't know with this like it feels like it's kind of doing that but then also wants to deal with a lot of like plot. Yeah. The veneer of the neo noir, you yeah. Know? Like, um, I also want to shout out the 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 club scene because that the club, club scene was popping. It was like a refurbished like church. Yeah, yeah. The like arches like, with the with the the glow yeah. on them. So this the like God. pink and blue. Not even like yeah. you're like by lighting. Just like pink and blue neon like yeah. kind of archways and yeah. like a deconsecrated church with the stained glass windows still up. I was like, I would love to go to this gay club. This looks it's, yeah. it looks Nick amazing, and everyone Catherine looks and like they're having I had fun. a great time. Yeah. The bathrooms um, are also the size of a hall. We're like, oh, so good. You need well, you need stalls to Enough like you know so that to fuck people can do coke in there to do once. coke yeah like you need to do <laughs> you need to like fit a lot of people a in great there. party um, it looks like a great time i actually also really like how i mean we we're talking about san francisco but i actually thought they captured the city pretty well like they got mm. yeah the, they the, drive all over it they drive all over it but i thought like the the hills and like mm. that was in the driving captured very well and i actually mm. liked the anxiety-inducing driving sometimes. <laughs> like, it added to the film. I think there was maybe one or two too many. But... Oh, yeah, for sure. But there was this moment where, like, they were, he was a mad driver. Uh, yeah, that first Michael Douglas. There were, like, there was this, like, long stretch of road, and, like, on one side was, like, a canyon. Mm. You would fall. Like, gives me Days Bay vibes, like, going on. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's a Wellington reference for everyone. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But... Yeah, he was like zipping through uh, both lanes and then uh, at, just crossing over the middle line. The and then at one time. point, there was like this big truck just uh, like coming through, yeah. and I like had a visceral scream because it yeah. just flashed back to your worst driving lesson yeah. of all time. <laughs> yeah. And then he obviously makes it in time, but I was just like, "Fuck, he did!" Like, yeah, and the stunt work. I mean, like you can see the cars coming in very quickly on the other it's side. Not yeah. dangerous, and it's dangerous, like, which I like. The CGI was not good enough at this time for them to not be doing this yeah for sure like <laughs> this is just stunt people practical stuff yeah. um, um i think another design element that i liked was the costuming in this film costuming like, is really good. especially like some of like well the iconic white look i think is very is great yeah and then the costuming on both women i really like mm. like um the footch vibe. I don't know if I'm using that correctly, but like some sort of footch vibe. Yeah, from Roxy. from Roxy. Um, when she comes in, the, particularly in the tank top, when she's yeah. like revealed, like you know, she comes in, and she's like, "This is my girlfriend," kind of moment. Yeah. Um, strong. She's got a great like leather jacket at one point. Yeah. And I just thought like, what's her face? Jean Triplehorn. Beth. She just mm. looked chic the entire time, oh, like a modern incredible. '90s woman. Yeah. Mm. Like, she knew what the fuck her she was glasses. Doing. I wanted to just follow Ooh. her, see what her life her is about. Her beautiful, mm. like, see, she had a small a face, boyfriend. but not in like a Meg from Phantom Way. I was like, <laughs> more petite. Maybe that's beautiful. what the series is about. Maybe <laughs> we're going to see a third small film faces. with a small-faced woman. Or man. She's beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um. No, that was. She looked really good. Uh do we like anything else? <laughs> um, I don't know. There's one more thing that I did like. I thought, like, we don't see a lot of films like this anymore. Like, regardless of the quality of the film, where it's a big blockbuster, where it's very, like, erotic thriller, lots of sexual content. Mm. Like, um, movies made for, like, ha- like quote-unquote adults. Like, yeah, yeah. Mature like, audience. Mature audience. Which is, like, a lot of, like, you know, sex as the main driving force of, mm. of the appeal of the film. Like, we don't really see... We don't see um, A-list stars being this daring in their films anymore, which, mm. you know, is a different thing. But I I just, you know, it's... it's I don't know, there's something appealing to me about the lurid 90s. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. its own little time it's so bubble. so scummy, yeah. Yeah, but it's appealing. Yeah. Like, it's sexual. I didn't mind the... Um the visceralness of the violence oh there was the first the first kill and then the kill um, from his buddy near the very end I thought both were like very like like alarming in a way that kind of jolted me and I felt like whoa damn okay this is you know this is uh, rated this is mature um yeah yeah and the sex scenes they're goldly lit they're very like equally lurid and stuff which I guess is you know, <laughs> there's some sex scenes I didn't enjoy. I did not yeah. enjoy the sex scenes. I didn't sometimes. enjoy them either. I like. I didn't enjoy. They the look kind of silly. Like, yeah, they're for very sure. silly. For sure. Yeah, but I, I like the they're thought not sexy. behind. Them. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's an interest. I think, I think there is. Uh, I mean, we're sort of transitioning into the bananas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Bananas. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying yeah. about like. I think it is a, such a shame that we don't see sex scenes in films anymore like yeah. that's just not a thing that films yeah. that are like big blockbuster 
big budget things do. God, they, I mean, I haven't seen the Eternals, but like apparently there's a apparently sex scene, there's there's a sex scene like, in it. Oh my gosh! I think I will see it at some point this week, but I, yeah. like, yeah. we'll see. But I, I bet it's real like fucking tame. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's also like compare that to like Don't Look Now, where they like apparently. I think it's fun. just that, like it's a shame that you know like the standard for sex scenes in film are this very specific aesthetic of like 90s like yeah sort of thing, which is yeah. so male gazy but not to the like so lurid it's like it's lurid and it's male gazy but it's not particularly interest it's not particularly interesting no it looks like it's por- not like, saying anything it's just very pornographic but not yeah. even like an interesting porn it's mm, just kind of just yeah. standard porn yeah um and it's a, more about like yeah sort of trying to show how provocative they're being well, that's the thing. about it's, like it's, it's like an interesting storytelling dynamic or like I don't, you know like yeah. i thought like there, there was storytelling reasons for the sex scenes right? i think they're I, all necessary yeah. i don't but mind I don't just that interesting but in that's the, the thing to me i don't like, even mind yeah. i don't even mind if a sex scene doesn't like extend Drive the plot, the plot. I don't like think it, i but it's got to i think it, yeah you can it use it to expand character. well that's that's what i mean so like you can use it to do something but also that's the thing i feel like a sex scene could just be purely titillating except the sex scenes in these films are like they're so mechanical they're so mechanical but yeah. also it's just the one gaze like yeah you know if, if we get a sex scene where it's both of them are clearly fully involved yeah. you see like the pleasure in both of their faces the actors are acting like they want to fuck each other's brains out like yeah, yeah. it's just I, I give me the experience of what they're feeling without yeah. having I feel like there isn't fully. any emotional reality to the sex scenes yeah this. yeah for it sure. feels very much like like kids mashing their naked Barbie dolls together, <laughs> yeah. and and that's kind of the it's like yeah it, it's like you see all this you know, nudity but you don't necessarily see much that feels you know what I'm you know, yeah. like, <laughs> you know what I'm disappointed with there was no ice play yeah it would have made sense I'm like it yeah. would have made sense you like, were you know playing with a good ice sex scene is in do the right thing with oh yes with the ice, with the ice cubes it's yeah. a really like beautifully erotic just scene like, and it's like you're like ah oh, you get the sense like they're so hot that's what I mean like it down, can just be like, yeah. oh god yeah. but yeah I was like Why you're using the ice pick yeah Use the ice. Yeah. Like, the most that we get in terms of stuff is like tying up hands. Um, With a sex yeah. scarf. And it's like scarf. the BDSM, but it's also like this very like soft BDSM. <laughs> the little scarf. Also, I do not buy, like, so the, the very first sort of scene we start with um, a blonde woman. Is it Sharon Stone? Is it another woman in a wig? Um, who's having sex with like this the rock and roll star, which they keep saying. Um, and she like ties him up with a silk scarf and then stabs him with the ice pick during the sex. Yeah. Um, but that tie does no. not look like it's silk. It's very slippery. I feel like he like, would be get, able out to get out. Also, like, could... <laughs> also the, she hides the the ice pick like in, in the, the sheets. When did she plant it? Then? And how does he not feel it? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he's so in the that? moment. Yeah, uh, I think one also, thing just I the idea that she has so it. many ice yeah. picks because each of those murder weapons was left at the scene. <laughs> I think also, they say like you can pick them up from Kmart for like a dollar fifty or something. Dollar sixty five. Yeah. Um. But also, I think something I failed to mention was that, like, so she's the main suspect because um, her her plot, the plots of her, her novels uh, follow the, the crimes. Yeah, right. So yeah. in her book, um, not called Basic Instinct, it's called Love Hurts. Yeah. Um, so we, were, we were like, clearly the book should be called Basic yeah. Instinct and that would make sense. The, the rock star, the rock and roll star. Mm-hmm. Um, rock star. Uh, gets tied up in a silk uh, scarf and gets killed with an ice with pick. With an ice pick. So... I don't think it has anything to say about that. No, so their, their whole thing was that... <laughs> it's it was, just like... Their whole thing was like, 
wouldn't that be like, her alibi? Be they're just like, they'd, they'd be, be fucked, fucked up. up. But then <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like, the fuck up. well, they're they're, what up. they think, their thing is like, you know, it's <laughs> who's trying to frame her. And then Michael Douglas is like, wouldn't be fucked up if she did it. And they were like, yeah, it would be fucked up. But that was, she would just say it was her alibi. Like, also, they're like, we up. did a lie detector test and she passed. No way she's yeah. the killer. And we're like, Moving oh my on. God. They did love dropping the F-bomb here and there. She's the fuck of the century. Um, to try to like spice it up and make it a bit more I also, adult. I just thought it was fun. Like, they, she kept calling him Shooter. Shooter. Yeah, because oh. he is a, a you know a well, he's a cop. He's a cop. Uh, and he's shot several people on duty. Yeah, and then um, yeah, yeah. and then and he got away with it because um he passed the, the lie detector. And also yeah. he passed the lie detector test, test, which is God in this film. Yeah, yeah, it's and unimpeachable. At, at the very end, we learn that she's written a story called Shooter um, about him, about him about and he feels used. Um, but then she wasn't and it was actually but then she she's funny. in love she with him she didn't want to get too close I don't know and the, so the yeah, emotional the, reality of that the is... final shot is really weird where there's, there's actually quite an, a good moment where she, like they've just had sex she puts her hand behind a pillow and he's like Oh, is, is she, she gonna, gonna kill, kill me? me? And then reveals her hand, and the hand—it's just a hand putting it around, and they start to have sex again. And then it fades out. And I was like, "That's the end." And then it fades back up, and it looks like it's like a deleted scene or something. <laughs> Why'd you fade back up and down? Maybe they didn't get it all in one shot. And then they pan down, and you see the ice pick and that like, she didn't pick up. So yeah. she changed her mind. I kind of liked the thing that she was like, you know, because he thinks he's the cop he controls everything and then it just flips it on his head that she's been using him this whole time yeah i'm like i, I feel love like that it's because better if you still have the ambiguous ending of like was she really yeah, the killer sure. or did she se- or was the other woman the one that, that yeah because he's and we just, get enough concrete information without that, like, them yeah. looking up at the end exactly like, because yeah. he's been but also like it's great that someone who's like so masculine can feel what it's like to be like used and treated and yeah. just discarded as a sex object by this mm. deceitful woman I stand <laughs> I stand Catherine Trammell honestly yeah. Yeah. Um, Catherine Trammell should clearly be the hero of this film for but sure. for some reason this film feels like thinks that we should empathise with the absolute bastard yeah, that Michael Douglas it. is playing yeah. who oh is a rapist God. who does oh rape yeah. uh, what's it called Elizabeth Garner the, um, the, the, the psychotherapist yeah um, that uh, in one scene, which is quite graphic, yeah, um, it was oh, very. It was I felt awful. very uncomfortable. To well, watch. it's it's yeah. at first, and it's it was... very much like the classic sort of like gross male gazy filmmaking thing of yeah, like, oh, sure. he's being rough, and she says no, but she likes it. Oh, for sure. Um, which is just disgusting. Like, yeah. and I'm like, I am not on the side of this film or this character from this point onward. And it's not. I don't. I don't even know if there's that narrative of oh, she likes it. Like she no, clearly well, she is doesn't like, like it. No, stop, well, Nick. And then afterwards, she's really pissed off. I guess she's well, not afterwards, like... afterwards, though, she's, like, letting him cuddle her by the fire. Yeah, she I comes so. back in and is yeah. like, I love you. She's, like, checking in on him and yeah. things like that. There is yeah. no consequences for him from that action. Yeah. It is absolutely true. not... A, the film does not see that as being rape. The film sees that as him yeah. being forceful. Being, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's... The thing is, yeah, it's like, this is not a film that's smart enough or self-aware enough to know that that's yeah. what he did. And it sucks because that's just, like, also... It's just a plot beat. It's, it's just a plot beat. But it's not necessary. But it's also yeah. just the attitude of that time, which yeah. fucking sucks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, and it's the thing. It's like, this is a, like, the, it doesn't seem unusual for this no, time period. Not. And like, this is how, like, yeah, how you show, like, edgy sex at this time. Yeah. There's not a, there's no sort of, 
thought given to consent and it makes sense that this is a filmmaker that would uh trick his lead actress into non-consensually mm. yeah, um, yeah yeah showing her vulva on screen yeah. which she didn't want to yeah um yeah and so that yeah it's just like from that those sympathies yeah <laughs> it's and like throughout... you've lost me from that point 15 minutes in yeah yeah and throughout nick is like after that like, he becomes more and more of this, a monster really. yeah this rude awful bastard that i i think in the film we're supposed to be like oh no he's getting so yeah. twisted he's, because it's of like his, oh he's just broken up inside because she's tricking him yeah he's unraveling like, because no, of his obsession with her yeah, yeah exactly um yeah, so like you lose, and it's not an engaging performance. Like I like Michael Douglas in films where he's got a little bit more kind of. Rub. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. It's like not a great Romancing role. the Stone and stuff like that. He's really fun in, um, but like this, it's just like he's just an asshole. Oh yeah, even something like Fatal Attraction, where he's like, you know, he cheats on his wife for this one time. Yeah, and obviously, I don't know. I mean, Glenn Close's character turns out yeah, to be a psycho. Yeah, the misogyny in that film is. But beyond right. that, it's it's that guilt that he he plays, right? It's like and then dealing with this outside force. Whereas yeah. here, it's just he's just an asshole yeah. who I have no sympathy for whatsoever. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. And this then you're, even you're stuck with him for the rest of the film. Yeah. He also like doesn't. He's not that good at being a detective. Yeah. <laughs> like he's I also... feel like most of his leads in this film are things that Catherine Trammell feeds him. Yeah, but like... also people keep telling him he's a good cop. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he's a bad. Well, this is Michael Douglas, but he's a bad drunk actor in yeah, this film. There was he's a, very broad. So the, another aspect of this character is that he's we, when we meet him, he's a recovering alcoholic that's not had a drink in three months, and then of course, like as soon as he starts on the Catherine Trammell case, yeah. he starts drinking again. Um, and yeah, and there's a point where uh, Gene Triplehorn comes into his apartment and he's been drinking. <laughs> It's this very like, what are you doing in here? I'm drunk, he and you're like, oh like, no! Oh, he literally around. swings for the fences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, yeah, yeah it's, it's very it's not uh, bathing in the river. Of pain. He's just, <laughs> yeah, it's being. He has no lead. He doesn't know what he's mm. doing. Um, yeah, uh, and then yeah, should we talk about um the the, the gay and bisexual representation? Yeah, it's bad. Um, it's so bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah it, there's no sense of... Well, first off, they're framed as, like, killers. And... Yeah, like, all of the, all the, like, yeah, queer women characters in this... Like, are either distrustful. It's either, like, they've been tricked into it, they were evil, or, like, they're, like, yeah, just sort of, like, jealous of... Me, yeah. like it's the sort of sense with Catherine that she's only got this relationship with Roxy because you know she preferred to like be with men and she just like like make, makes men jealous kind of thing. Yeah, it's this sort of like it's very basic. this real shame that she and the 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 psychologist had like oh, yeah. been in a relationship in college. She's like, ah, oh, it was one time I the was way, so embarrassed yeah. to the say way, that I'd been in a the way Jean Triplehorn reacted when she revealed that she slept with her one time. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Like, I was experimenting. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very, yeah, there's... It's, it's you probably like, like you more, like, to be like fair. Pretty much every, um, yeah, queer character in this just, is implied to be murderous. It's um, the thing, so, like, I actually admire them for that. The characters, that they're deceitful and murderous. Yeah. And, like, but, the thing is, obviously, that wasn't the intention of the, the intention directors of the, of the creators. It's not supposed to be, like, a camp, yeah, let's go yeah. Uh, kill these gross men. Yeah, like, for sure. storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are not supposed to be on the side of, of, of Catherine. No. Mm. Um, and, God, Michael Douglas, when he was in that gay bar, 
Oh my so... god. It was like, like it was like this green like dead switch. Well that's the thing. It's wearing. like so he, he does to me have daddy energy, but you put him in that gay bar and it's just like No. Go you home. it's like you actually took your dad to the gay bar yeah. and you're like yeah. get out. You don't belong here. Yeah, and Sharon Stone is like grinding up against him and he has this the weirdest expression of like uninterest or like I guess it's trying to be like cool and disinterested, but he just looks like like just remote and like listless right in the center of the club and it's like i didn't see the liberace yeah get the fuck out yeah um, which he played yeah like he, he, didn't, years he later. didn't pull it out uh, for this one gotta yeah. say um yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> look I think yeah any other aspects of this film that exist um, I think it's just kind of like the mystery is convoluted. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. we haven't communicated to you that it was very boring, like as a film. It like, drags. It's it so drags. Long. There was some long periods where we were just entertaining ourselves, talking about other shit while the film. Happened yeah, so we, we talked for so okay. Bored. So the real content that you're asking for is we were talking about like so our various hot actors. Yeah, so it's like. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson, um, Tom Hanks. Like, we were just, just rattling off all of them. This is just naming all the, like, white men actors they yeah. could think of so, and just saying, like, were they hot hey, we as did say, We not. had non-white actors yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. But Antonio Banderas. It did take you a Denzel. good while before we got yeah. to those ones. Well, we were comparing from Michael Douglas. Yeah, so we, we started, started, to, like, started Douglas, with that Michael Douglas. The whitest man. Yeah. Um, um, not necessarily. There's, there's <laughs> hey, I mean, he bagged Catherine Zeta. So exactly. yeah, I, the, the ambiguous white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Welsh. You know, Welsh via Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, punching above his weight by a considerable, he's got something. A considerable yeah, league. Yeah. Um, She's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, we discussed other things such as the concept of ugly hot, yeah. which, you know, people are. I think, you know, it's a vibe. Um, yeah. so, I played with the cat. I went on my yeah. phone. I, it, it was not an interesting film. Yeah. So <laughs> it sounds like, unless we have anything else to discuss. We... Oh, I yeah. I just want to say that, like, so that at one point, so, like, there was this character called Hannah. I don't know what her name is. Oh, Hazel. Hazel, um, oh, which yeah. is the older woman. And I just was tickled that at the thought that she might be fucking this older woman, who is played by Best Supporting Actress winner Dorothy Malone. Which I didn't know till the end. Oh, nice. She won for Written in the Wind, and I loved that film, and I love that performance. Go, Dorothy. Go, right. Dot. Good job, Dorothy. There's also a performance from Stephen Toblowski where. Um, oh, it was yeah. very sweaty. It was very small performance. Yeah, the guy from. Proto Paul Giamatti. Yeah, if you've seen him in like Groundhog Day, he's Ned. Mm. Um, he's in Glee. Uh, oh my god. And he's, yeah. and he's trying to be real serious in the scene. He only gets one yeah, scene. Yeah, it's not, not, not your classic like, use of Stephen this Toblowski. psychopath. Is so, writing um, about novels. Wayne Knight from yeah. from Seinfeld. Jurassic Park, yeah. Yeah. Most of them look uncomfortably horny in close ups. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the panic at them getting horny over Catherine together. Yeah. Like, okay. Just all of them being going to like oh, the water cooler <laughs> to get some more water. They just yeah. can't yeah. deal. Oh, wow. So the, he had a partner. Who I completely forgot about halfway through, and he showed up, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> we were like, "It's the same guy that he's been with the whole time." Yeah, um, um, Gus. Yeah. Gus. Gus. Gus dies, and yeah. yeah. So, oh, the wildest thing is, so Gus dies, right? Mm. And then uh, Nick figures that out, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna run there!" And um, and um, Beth shows up, and then she's like. Michael, what, uh, to Nick, what's going on? And he's like, Shut it! Uh, I got a gun! Well, he, he, she, she... Um, yeah, and then she this goes... Is, this is 
at the point where um, he believes he kind of yeah he thinks that she was posing as Catherine because there was a subplot where they went to college together and there was like single white female each other yeah anyway she reaches into her coat he thinks she's gonna uh, she's reaching for an ice pick pick. and then he shoots her bam to kill again he's learned nothing I know yeah (laughs) and this is this is the woman that he presumably loves or likes to to fuck and then so he pulls out of her coat and it's this Bart Simpson key ring also I'm like if it had been an ice pick you still have like Distance. You've got a gun. But the the most shocking thing is she says, I loved you. As her final words. As her final words. And it's like, this guy's a piece of shit that just raped you. He's gross. He's he's the worst boyfriend ever. Yeah. Um so yeah. That Uh, sucks. But she was great. Great actor. Awesome work. What? Why was he being bullied by Mel what's his face? The guy because What's his name Nelson? Because uh, he oh, killed people when it's shooting. I don't know. Bag or burp. Let's get there. It's it's time. Let's do it. Bag or burp. Um, the basic instinct to bag or burp. Yeah, my basic instinct is to chuck this in the bin. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, when I was about to rewatch this, I was like, surely there's something like worthwhile from this film. Mm. And I guess the, there is the one thing is, is Sharon Stone, which like this is the thing that really cemented her. Is that right? Mm. Um, mm. And you know, she didn't have like a huge kind of career, but is kind of known for for like, her megawatt kind of like talent and sex appeal. Um, and I think it's rightfully deserved. Like she she kills in this film. She's the most interesting thing about it. Um, and it's not solely because of you know that that moment where she flashed you know the the world where she didn't even agree to doing that um yeah throughout the whole film um and uh yeah she's grabbing some other stuff she showed up in the laundromat showed up in the casino i'm glad that she's had a had a nice career but yeah basically the film itself is um is basic and my instinct is to kill this film (laughs) (laughs) a nice pick in the bedroom yeah uh, okay, I'll go. Yeah, no, this is just a this is a straight biff from me. This <laughs> is a very unsurprisingly a biff. Uh, I did not enjoy it. It was not a good time. Um, yeah, it's bad. Before my verdict, I will oh. want. I do want to spotlight this one actor, the only black cop in the squad, oh. who did steal the movie. He was he was scenes. onto it. That guy. Yeah. The he way he pronounced good... penis. <laughs> Was very entertaining for the three of us. And uh, came in saying there was cocaine on his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Which Shout just out. shows the level Shout of, out. like, yeah. board. Also, I have questions about how, like... Cause <laughs> yeah. that was, that was, it was in use A before the death. Like, how was cocaine found on it? Yeah. Like... <laughs> um, yeah. I, the, I was very excited to actually watch this film. Because I was like, mm, it, it seems very up my alley lurid neo-noir 90s erotically charged um and i did enjoy some aspects of it but it's a it's a bit i'm sorry 
I'm sorry, Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but hey, Catherine Trammell is in my Hall of Fame of Devious Women now, mm. and I love her. Yeah. They, you know, they should remake this just about how great she think, is and how her I think this is why of, I yeah yeah evil villainy is is excellent. Yeah. I think this is why I love Chicago so much because it's just yeah. two de- devious villainesses exactly yeah. having a great time. It reminds me also like a, a simple kid. plan which like. Kind of uh, framed it as a like this favor, favor, simple yeah. plans, simple favor. Simple plans <laughs> the Billy Bob, Billy Bob, right. yeah, um, simple favor, which like yeah, kind of frames it as like this incredibly like magnetic kind of woman, and yeah, you're kind of rooting for her. Gone Girl, yeah, Amy, Gone Girl, yeah. oh, what a good film, yeah, something that this film is not, no, <laughs> yeah, and, and then the the moment where she kills Neil is just like sex, and then yeah. much better than anything. Anyways, yeah. so that was our review, our recap of Basic Instinct. Yeah. I still don't know where the title comes from. No. But no. <laughs> that's a mystery for another day. Maybe in Basic Instinct 2, which I I'll never like watch. That was, this is kind of a trend of like, you guys talking about like fatal attraction and like body of Oh, yeah, I suppose. Like all of yeah, these yeah. Types they don't of really... films that are just kind of like. A lure title, words. yeah, 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 exactly. But we yeah. can't say anything too specific because we just have to kind of imply yeah, something. Yeah, that's sexy. true. Something's up. Yeah, yeah, and our next mystery is what Cass is going to pick next time. So I don't know. We'll find out in two weeks' time. But while you wait, you can follow us on our socials on Mixbag Podcast and Mixbag Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, Twitter's where it's really popping off. Oh, right yeah. now, there is... Mm. Oh, my gosh. Mm, mm, mm. You are missing out. Great content. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything coming up, guys, that you yes. would like to Um, I mean, we may as well do a bit of a shout-out. But you, only the six lucky listeners uh, can come <laughs> along to with the, the, the final tickets remaining to yeah. the Redsky Youth Show Battle Hymn, uh, which is going to be on from the 8th to the 11th of December. It's directed by James. It's written by me. Uh, and it stars uh, 12 very, very talented young people. That uh, 13. Yeah. Oh, 13. Sorry, oh, I oh, 12, and then there's one. Yeah, no, it's, there's no 12 kidding. characters, but then there's a double casting situation, yeah. so there's 13 actual actors. Um, and who, at the end, only one will remain. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a fight to the death. Yeah, battle royale. Um, but yeah, uh, there's only six tickets remaining for the season, so uh, get, in, get in quick. Yeah, it's a wonderful, delightful show. It's fully promenade. Delightful show is, I think, selling it. Not, yes, not no, accurately. it's incorrect. Um, <laughs> the, the performance, seeing um, these uh, actors kind of uh, grow across the year has been really delightful. Um, yeah, they've grown in confidence. They're really, really keen to share their share their work with the world, and I'm really stoked um, that they'll be able to do so, hopefully. Nice. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking of a show called Battle Him, H-I-M. That's all about. That's about Catherine Trammell. It's a Hollywood movie. Like finish him. But yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Battle him. It's Catherine yeah. Trammell. Sounds like it's a, Alex Forrest. A yeah. film it's Annie like, Wilkes. Yeah, <laughs> Anne Hathaway and like Tom Hardy or some shit like that they did in like a weekend. You know, yeah. like Bride Wars or something. Battle him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anything uh, you want to shout out? It's the holidays. The holiday season is coming up, so we will have a Christmas episode yeah. before we wrap this year up. And then next year, we're going to be doing House, House of, of Gucci. Gucci. It's time to take out the trash. It's time to take, take out, out the, the trash. trash. But for now, that's a wrap. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.